Hello, Horror Nights in family, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and on this podcast, we talk about old horror, fresh horror, my life, and of course, Roxy is here as my co-host. Also, it is downpouring right now, so if you hear it in the background, I hope it adds a spooky vibe, and hopefully it's not too annoying. I will do my best in post-production to try and make it not so noisy. Um, Also, guys, for more behind-the-scenes horror content for me, make sure you guys are following me on my socials. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at HorrorDaddiesRS, Instagram at HorrorNightsIn, um, also, make sure you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel at Horror Nights in Podcast. Um, I put out a lot of content over there as well. I put a brand new video out every single Wednesday over there. And of course, I put a brand new episode of the podcast out every other Monday. Um, I'm also working um, on my Patreon page. Um, it is live. Um, I have been steadily, slowly adding more content to there, but, um, I definitely have a lot of high expectations of myself when it comes to doing all of these things. Cause as you guys know, I of course have a full-time job. I have a part-time job, um, in addition to the podcast and the YouTube. So adding a Patreon page is definitely something I've wanted to do for a long time. There are a few, um, episodes and videos and photos up on there now, but like I said, I'm slowly working on adding more content, but of course the podcast and my YouTube is my number one focus right now. Um, So thank you guys for listening, and um, if you are a fan of the podcast, um, make sure you, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure to leave me me a review if you haven't yet. Make sure you guys um, are subscribed so that you get notifications every single time I put a new episode up. All right, with that being said, let's get into this episode. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's so, of course, to start the show, we are going to be talking about the new segments of the podcast. The first one is where I chit-chat a little bit about Shudder film that I watched last week. Um, I'm calling it A Sec with Shudder. So, in no way am I affiliated with Shudder yet. Uh, Shudder has some interesting and unique horror films to watch, and I wanted to challenge myself to watch more of them. So, uh, last week, I watched a film called The Reef. So, This film follows four friends who set out to take in the sights of the Great Barrier Reef, and they find themselves stranded at sea while their boat capsizes. With a few supplies they salvage, they make the hard choice to swim out through shark-infested waters rather than wait around for the slim chance to get rescued by a sinking by another ship. But once they're in the water, a bloodthirsty great white catches their scent and hunts them down one by one. Uh, so uh, you guys know that I'm not a huge fan of anything that has to do with animals, um, especially something in the sea. I've given my thoughts on Jaws before, but like I said, this is a challenge for me to continue to watch different films outside of my genre that I really like. Um, It wasn't too bad. Definitely some parts of the film that I could have predicted myself, Um, but definitely check it out and let me know your thoughts. 
Um, so, of course, the second segment that I do is called What's in the Horror News. Basically, we chat about anything new and exciting in the horror world. So I was scrolling through Twitter earlier this morning, and I read that a Serbian film will be available uncut in 4K HD January 19th. So, <laughs> this film was released in 2010, and it rocked the horror films, and I personally have never seen this film, and honestly, I'm not sure if I ever will see it. It's interesting that such a radical film is being released soon, and they titled it Uncut, considering the first cut of the film just wasn't enough. Um, I did tweet about it on Twitter, and a lot of you guys were saying, like, eh, no thanks, so definitely don't want to see that, so... Um, I am not knocking on or harping on anybody that uh, may have liked this film or understood the film, however you want to look at it, um, because everybody has their own opinion. I have my own opinions on things, and because I haven't seen the film, I'm not going to say what I thought about it. I have done research on it. I understand what the movie is about, but it's honestly... Not in my cup of tea, and I don't think that I would ever really take a sip of that tea. So, but of course, it's in the horror world, so I had to talk about it. Also, I hope you guys had a very nice Thanksgiving. Um, if you celebrate, I had a nice one. It was very quiet. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people. It was just me and my immediate family. Um, and I made macaroni and cheese. And other than that, it was pretty quiet. So, of course, with it being December tomorrow, um, I feel like I've done the whole Christmas horror scene. And I really did it thoroughly. I know a lot of you have been messaging and DMing me because you want me to cover... Christmas horror, but I feel like I've done it already and maybe I'll revisit it again maybe next year, but um, I really already covered all of it. So, and of course there are definitely film more Christmas horror films that are still coming out. Um, but I really wanted the last two episodes of the year to be about my favorite horror films that I've never talked about. Um, so the first film I wanted to focus on in this episode is Ghost Ship. Uh, I wanted to, and I also want to bring back a little of my old style, really delving into a film and talking about my opinion on it, talking about trivia, giving you the guys a Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, etc. So definitely come the new year, you'll see some of my old styles mixed in with new things here and there. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Um, so Ghost Ship was released in 2002 and only got a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.5 on IMDb. So a quick synopsis of the film is the salvage crew discovers a long lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea and soon notice that its long dead inhabitants may still be on board. Uh, personally, I've seen this film about 10 times and at this point, and yes, it does have the modern horror cliches of a little girl, ghosts, and a dead, sultry, seducing ghost, but there's something about this film that I just really have always enjoyed. So the film opens in 1962 with the iconic wire scene. A beautiful ship holding wealthy passengers are literally split in half by a gloved hand releasing a thin wire cord connected to a hidden spool. The dancers are being serenaded by a beautiful Italian singer, but it's literally cut short. The passengers remain alive for a few seconds, and the only one spared is a little girl named Katie who is 
too short to be cut in half by the wire. She looks up to see that her dance partner, who's actually the captain of the ship, splits open at the mouth level and the top of his head falls off. Katie then screams and we are brought to the present day. So we are then introduced to our salvage crew who will be following along in the entirety of this film, who just made bank on bringing in a lost ship to the authorities. Um, They're then celebrating at a bar and they are approached by a stranger whose name is Jack, who explains to them that he has recently spotted another ship in international waters and wants them all to go down and claim it. So they do let this outsider crewmate in, who we all know has a sneaky, dirty little secret. They soon discover that this lost ship that Jack is telling them about is, of course, the one that we saw in the beginning of the film from 1962. So as soon as the crew steps on board, strange things begin to happen. So one of the crewmates, Maureen, who is pretty much the main character of the film, sees a little girl on the stairwell. Uh, Another crewmate claims to have heard the singing of an unseen songstress in various places on the ship. Two others find the remains of another team of salvagers in the ship's laundry room. But before they leave the strange ship, they discover bars of gold and they try to escape with their treasure. But when their tugboat explodes from a tank of propane that mysteriously is opened as the engine is started, killing Santos, who is trying to fix the boat, and leaves them stranded on the ghost ship. So... The team then decides to try to fix the ghost ship to get back to shore, but then each crewmate starts to get killed off one by one. They soon start to discover new things about the ship, including bullet holes in the pool and a skeleton with a noose around its neck in a closet. Maureen also meets the little girl ghost, who's Katie from the beginning of the film, and it is revealed that the skeleton that's hanging from the noose is actually Katie, who is on her way back to New York to be with her parents. Katie then reveals what happened on this mysterious ship. While the numerous dancers were sliced by the wire, the chefs in the kitchen were murdered and the crew began pouring rodent poison into the evening's food. The food was served and it's obvious that the people begin to succumb to the poison, of course, as their mouths are being start dripping with foam. The crew begins taking the lives of the rest of the passengers, including Katie. And the murderer's crew also lines some passengers by the pool and begin shooting them, which is where, of course, the bullet holes from the pool come from. We then see it was a continuous sequence of events where everyone was screwing over the necks for the gold. We then see that the lone crewmate they allowed on board with them is actually called a salvager of souls by using the gold as bait so he has taken multitude of souls to his master so maureen then manages to blow up the ship seeming to believe that she has saved the souls that are on the ship and rid the seas of jack but we all remember that last iconic scene with jack and his new crew boarding a newer bigger cruise ship and then the film ends um so in night or in um, 2016, the media site coming soon actually named the film's opening scene one of the greatest in film history, which I know a lot of horror fans really have enjoyed. I know that we've talked, I've talked to several of you guys about the opening scene of Ghost Ship and how it's just so iconic. I remember I watched this film when I was much younger, and I just remember I'm like, oh, that's the movie where they all get sawed in half by a wire. 
Um, so the scene on the fore deck, which is in the beginning, where the captain and the passengers were dancing, um, and the scene in the ballroom was actually a common tradition at the time. Um, when you're nearing the end of a transatlantic voyage, uh, they're usually held uh, as the ship approached the end of its trip near the coast, and these balls were called the captain's ball. So Ghost Ship was allegedly conceived as the shining on a cruise line. No, I wouldn't give it that much recognition, but I can see where some of the parallels were drawn. So in The Shining, the character Wendy Torrance says, like a ghost ship, when, you know, the manager tells her how deserted the Overlook Hotel is, um, and when all the guests, you know, and staff have gone away, of course, the, the hotel is like a ghost ship. So Jack's character, who is obviously the soul collector, uh, is named for Charon the Ferryman, which is part of Greek mythology, a spirit who collected souls from one side of the river and ferried them across to Hades. Also, the painting at the end of the Grand Hall is inspired by Michelangelo's depiction of Charon in The Last Judgment Fresco. Although it shows Poseidon instead of Charon, the position and the painting arrangements are exactly the same. So we're definitely drawing a lot of different parallels um, from there. Also, another interesting tidbit that I had about this film is that it takes on the classic make a deal with the devil and do his dirty work for the rest of eternity. Uh, so in an undetermined point of time, we're not really sure but too much of a backstory about Jack, but he must have had a life full of sins. Um, when he died, his soul obviously went to hell where the devil proposed him a deal. Collect a ship full of sinners' souls to be free or stay in hell for paying by his sins in an eternity of suffering. So back again to the land of the living as a soul collector, Jack uses the ghost ship as headquarters, looking for corrupted people to deceive them with the false opportunity to gain great money and fame recovering the ship. Obviously using the stolen gold as additional resource, calling them to greed. So once in the ship, the chosen by Jack succumb under their own sins, being marked with the signal of the hook to be part of hell. However, the children, such as Katie... Uh, they can't be marked since they, the children are pure of heart and free of any sin, being able to retain her in the ship but not control her as the rest of the collected. Then these souls are turned into slaves to kill more victims in order to fill the ship. Uh, theoretically, and if the deal is kept by the devil, when the ship was full of sinners, Jack would get back to hell <laughs> for bringing the ship to the devil to be free of his eternal punishments. Um, but then, of course, we see that his election of the new crew turns against him as Maureen learns about his mission after the death of her partners, and she then explodes the ship, sinking it and liberating all the collected souls and gets to heaven. Nonetheless, as it is revealed in the epilogue, of course, Jack wasn't killed in this explosion because he was never alive. And then he uses the... Um, Arctic Warrior, which is, of course, the, the crew, um, the dead members, and he has a new crew, and he starts again to fill another ship of sinners. Um, also, we have to talk about the music in this film. So I love when horror films use maybe a little bit more harder music paired with something more regal. 
For this film, definitely Mudvayne, their song uh, Not Falling was the main focus during this film, and it's just really good. I just remember the last scene when Maureen is getting into the ambulance, and they close, and the song starts again, and we see Jack, and we see the dead crew members. We see them with the bars of gold getting back onto this new fancy cruise ship liner, and she's trying to stop it, but she can't because they're taking her away. It also reminded me of the scene from Jennifer's Body with the song um, Sacred Heart by It Dies Today during the football scene, which we all should remember. Um, Also, I want to talk a little bit about the cast. So Emily Browning, who obviously plays Katie, is one of my favorite actresses. Um, She was also from Sucker Punch. She also was in a series of unfortunate events. Um, Also, Jack. I really, I've enjoyed Desmond Herring. Uh, Harrington, he was Detective Quinn in the deck in Dexter, and he also he was also in the Neon Demon. Um, but overall, you know, I didn't really care about any of the characters. At the end of the day, they kind of all succumbed to their um, their greed because they wanted the gold. But I understand that's the main point of Salvagers. But they did obviously, as I said, succumb to their temptations. None of the characters, I didn't really care about them. None of them were super memorable. Um, Not that we don't always need to be rooting for the characters, but sometimes, you know, we want them to have a few good qualities, like Jessica Biel in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We wanted her to live. And, you know, there's a ton of other films, horror films out there where we just, we're rooting for the main characters. We're rooting for them to win. But then, you know, sometimes we're also rooting for the villain. Of course, as always, the final girls are rooting for the Sydney Prescott and you know Laurie Strode of course um but yeah the characters in this film I didn't really care about them I was just like all right well another one's dead so let's let's keep it moving um I also wanted to talk about the ghost ship itself it was very spooky murky dirty nasty grimy um it looked like but it, it but it did look like what I would assume that a ghost ship would look like uh there wasn't too much but there also it wasn't overdone it kind of gives me uh, like B-movie vibes, which isn't terrible, especially with us horror film lovers. Sometimes a B-movie can be great. Um, could this film been better? Yeah, of course. But for what it was, I thought it was great. And I honestly, whenever I see this film on any kind of streaming service, I always watch it no matter what. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, also, uh, the next episode will be the last of the year unless I do like a surprise episode. I don't think I'm going to do that this year. Um, but I just wanted to thank you guys all for another year of horror nights and podcast. This always makes me so happy to do. It's my passion. I love that you guys are continuing to come along for the ride. Make sure you guys are subscribed to my podcast. You're notified every single time I upload a brand new episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel. I put new videos out uh, every single Wednesday and make sure to turn on the bell notification. So you're also notified when I upload a new video over there. And thank you guys so much again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie?